Rebecca Keneally. We are your hosts. Thank you so much. It is a joy to come into your headphones. Thanks for, of course, subscribing, rating, leaving us a review. That's really helpful. New episodes drop on Friday mornings. Mm -hmm. We want to help you start your weekend off mm -hmm. strong and wrap up the week strong as well. That's right. So we talk about faith, we talk about adulting, we talk about life, we talk about all those different components. And each and every single week, we try to unpack one question that you are asking, essentially, that you've written in our direct messages, that you've left us a message, you've left us something recorded with your voice. And we just want to help you unpack those and uncover those. And like we say always, we are not experts necessarily, but we have a passion for young adults. We are doing the podcasting aspect of this. Um, we just love to see what God's going to do in your life and in your heart, and hopefully this can bless you. So here's for today's question. Here we go. Hi, my name is Dahlia Bender. I'm from North Dakota State University, and my question to you today is, how do you decipher your dreams versus God's calling on your life? And one more time, that question is basically asking, it's super good, mm -hmm. how do I discern my dreams from God's calling on my life? And that's deep, that is loaded. And here's what I notice about Generation Z, as well as millennials as well, but the next generation many times would rather make an impact mm -hmm. with their life than an income. They're more about the purpose, if you know what I'm saying, than they are about the paycheck. And so I think that I'm just reminded to kick things off. Like I remember when you were um, graduated from college, we, were, we had just gotten married, and we kind of talked about like, your dreams and God's calling on your life. Yeah. And do you remember that conversation we had that was around like work, but also, you know, making an income, but also making an impact? Do you remember that at all? I don't know where you want me to go with this. I briefly remember this, but tell me where you want me to go. Well, I think that Micah just expressed that, man, God had a call on her life that was super specific, and we can get more into that later. Ah, yes. But also, like, she had a business that she was running, and mm -hmm. so she had income, she had a job. It just wasn't doing, ultimately, what she felt fulfilled by. So oh, you remember right. what I said? Well, I think, yeah, this is great advice from Josiah, and I had a passion. I knew that I was called to ministry. I knew I was called to young adult ministry. I had been doing it in the past, and I went to school, so kind of in this lull of like, where do I work? Where am I going to land? What does this mean? What does this look like? Aside from being a glorified volunteer and wife to Josiah, which I, I loved, like don't get me wrong. And what Josiah had said, he's just like, Michael, well, you need to find an outlet that will allow you to live out your dreams, aspects of your calling that you might not get paid for right away, but I encourage you to like find those. So I ended up starting a women's Bible study. I ended up mentoring and disciple women. And that was ultimately fulfilling alongside a job that at the time was not so fulfilling because I was ready to transition out of that. So I took a year to really dig in deep to what God was saying and what he wanted me to do and the steps to take. And I think that's ultimately the question that this individual is asking today. Like, how do you discern God's dreams versus my dreams? And sometimes our voice gets in the way of God's voice. So how do we navigate that water and what does that mean and what does that look like? So that's a great question. Yeah, and we're gonna unpack it with a few ways. And as we do, I just wanna make one thing clear. There is no higher calling and lower calling. Right. There isn't like this, 
and I'll be all like, oh, if you're a missionary or if you work in vocational church work or campus ministry, like those people are used by God and everyone else is second class. I think that that's a message that unintentionally gets sent sometimes. Mm. So what I want to make abundantly clear is that if you feel called or your dream is to be Mm -hmm. a stay-at-home mom, you can be on mission with Jesus. If you feel passionate about the military, Mm -hmm. man, giddy up. Like Kramer says, like, let's go. Thank you for serving our country. And you can do it for the name and the fame and the glory of Jesus. You might be called to the mission field Mm -hmm. um, locally in America or globally around the world. It might look like campus missions or campus ministry or church work quote-unquote ministry or here's where I think a lot of listeners are is they're passionate about the marketplace right well we know that they are entrepreneurs they are thinking so creatively so even as a listener you have creative dreams that God has placed within you that you have an opportunity to take that to the marketplace it might not be in the church walls right right and I think that that is so so good and we just want to make it clear that your work, if it's done for the glory of God, can be mm-hmm. viewed as ministry. And here's a quote that I love. It's from A.W. Tozer. And mm-hmm. he was a busy Chicago pastor. And this is what A.W. Tozer said. It is not what a person does that determines whether their work is sacred or secular. It mm-hmm. is why they do it. The motive is everything. Let a person sanctify the mm-hmm. Lord in their heart and they can therefore do no common and I think what Tozer's saying is let's remove this whole barrier or this separation of the sacred and the secular and let's look at if the savior <laughs> come on come on <laughs> like and so work that we do or dreams that God's given us or dreams that are in our heart mm-hmm. we believe wholeheartedly that they are not placed there by the dream giver Christ himself to tease us right. or to lead us on or a toy with us, they're put in our hearts so that mm-hmm. they can happen. Right. And I just want to kind of, um, before I kick it to Micah with something that I think is really cool, Robert Frost is this great poet. And you've probably heard a few lines from The Road Not Taken, a common poem by Robert Frost. And I'm just going to read um, part of it and end with the part that you've probably heard. But I think this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could Mm -hmm. to where it bent in the undergrowth then took the other just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear though as far as the passing there had warned them really about the same and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden back Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet not knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all Hmm. the difference. That's good. That's made all the difference, and what I think my interpretation of the Robert Frost poem is that young adulthood, this season of our life as college students, mm-hmm. as starting out in career and thinking about jobs and, and income and purpose and impact and things like where am I going to live and what am I going to do and how do I live a life on mission and God's right. dreams and my own dreams is for a second, let's just take a deep breath 
and let's just look at the paths that are laid before us like a fork in the road. And then I think Robert Frost and Wisdom would say, look as far as you can into the future, maybe both paths. And maybe God's dream and your dream mm -hmm. align perfectly in its one clear path. But a lot of times we're given some choices or some options or opportunities. And so if you can have wisdom to look far into mm -hmm. the future, where is this path going to lead me? <clears throat> right. Is it going to bring glory to God? What's my motive? That's and good. it reminds me a lot of Jesus mm -hmm. in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, simply says this, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few mm -hmm. find it. And isn't it interesting? Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like Jesus is talking about a road less traveled. And Micah, you've shared these often with me and with others mm -hmm. about like kind of three pillars of decision making right. as it relates to dreams of our own and God's vision for our life. Yeah, so I think just breaking down those three different things, there's God's way, God's will, and God's word, right? So we look at the ways, will, and word, and all those align with scripture. If you're gonna unpack certain scriptures that really kind of allude to this in our mindset and our approach to living and decision-making and just the choices we make each and every single day. But before I share what I kind of pulled up for Bible verses with this, I want to share one of our friends, Christy Wright, and I completely agree with what she said. And she literally posted, I think about a week ago. And I was like, this is exactly what I've, I've said, what I've taught. And She's just, I don't know, she's just a powerhouse and she's so fun. And Christy Wright serves on the Ramsey Solutions right. team. She's an author of a great book called Take Back Your Time. It's sitting actually right over there on our counter. We've both read mm -hmm. it. She um, leads a business boutique. She has trending podcasts and just travels yeah. as an author and speaker and really helps people find God's passion for their life. Yeah. And, and what she was briefly talking about was simply, what's the difference between like God's voice, the enemy's thoughts and my thoughts? Like, how do I even discern those different things? And she just simply says this, if you want to hear the voice of God, it is always aligned with God's truth. Whatever you're trying to like wrestle through and just uncover, it's always aligns with God's truth, meaning the Bible. So if you're in a decision-making process and you're trying to filter through some stuff, go to the Word of God. Second thing is it will align in your spirit. That means like the Holy Spirit is agreeing with himself and you feel a sense of peace. Like we know that we serve a God of peace and order and not chaos. So in a decision that you need to make, a pivot in life, pivot in career, whatever that is, a relationship, there should be peace in that process and the third thing she said is God will usually give you confirmations and that means like he's persistent like he wants you to he wants to be heard by you he wants to be heard by you and sometimes God can use people he can use songs he can use lyrics he can use somebody on the radio he can use a friend a bible verse like that's a form of confirmation and I would just look at uh, simply the, th the three things we want to uncover when we talk about God's ways. And we know that simply in um, some of the scripture that we're going to be reading from today, if you want to turn there, it's Isaiah 55. And Isaiah 55 says this. It's 55 verse chapter 8 uh, or verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts 
than your thoughts. And that just kind of puts it into perspective of like who's truly in charge of our life? How and who and why and to what degree are we filtering our thought processes through, our big decision-making processes? Are we taking it to the Lord or are we taking it to a friend? Are we taking it to the Word of God or are we just kind of running rogue? And it's kind of an ebb and flow of life of how do we get disciplined enough to truly understand that God's ways are better than our ways. And sometimes when we pray, I don't know if you can relate to this, Josiah, but I've prayed prayers that I'm thankful that God did not answer in the way that I thought he should. Absolutely. Like totally. Many of those in my life. And it could be anything. It could be from like, Lord, like help me get into the school and you get denied. It can be, Lord, help this person ask me out, put them on my, put me on their radar. And God's saying no. And you know what? So grateful and thankful for some of the things that I've prayed that God has blessed me with something bigger and better by saying no. Like if you want to be a good parent, you need to learn how to say no to your children. And God is a good God. He's been father for a long time, forever. So he will say no to us. And guess what? It's okay to be told no. (laughs) We just need to take that no and internalize that and not try to make it a yes when we're not trying to barter with God, right? So God's ways is align. Um, do our thoughts align with his thoughts? Because his ways are always greater than our ways and his approach. So the second thing is God's will. God's will. And I think sometimes we approach um, Jeremiah 29, 11, and we're like, God, like I know the plans you have for me, says the Lord. Yes, that is very true. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you, to give you hope and a future. And then we stop, right? And I think I've said this before, where you just kind of stop at Jeremiah 11, like, oh, it makes me feel so good. Okay, but here's, you got to do your work, right? If you want to understand God's will, we got to do our work, meaning this. Chapter, or verse 12, if you read on, then you will call on me, meaning God. You're going to call on God and come to him in prayer. Come to me in prayer and I will listen to you. God's listening to us. God is listening to us. And then verse 13, check this out. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Wow. How many times do I seek God with my whole heart versus my one situation or circumstance I would need or want an answer or a breakthrough in, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what we fail to recognize sometimes when we're seeking God's will, we forget that we have a God in heaven who bends down his ear to us. In Psalms one uh, 116, verses 1 and 2, it says this, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. We all need some grace and mercy, right? Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Like we can be in constant communication with God and he's a father bending down his ear to his children like a parent would on this earth saying, what do you want? What do you need? I love you. Tell me. Use your words. And so I just encourage you to use your words in the prayer closet today. If you want to hear the voice of God to determine the will and the dreams and the calling of your life, we need to get in the word of God as well, right? And Isaiah 55, if you're still following along in that chapter, keep going and reading through verse 11. It says, So in my word that goes out from my mouth, It will not return to me void or empty. I like the word void, but this says empty. But will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And if we even take it to Ephesians, if God said it, he's going to do it, right? If he said it, he'll do it. So there's promises, you know, in the word of God that we can pray over our life, that we can speak over our life. 
And we didn't want to sound like we're like the name it and claim it people. Or like, if God said I'm getting married, then it better be them. That's not how God works. Like our hearts and our minds and our souls need to be aligned with him. And you need to get into the prayer closet to uncover some of those things when it comes to the ways, the will, and the word. Micah, I love that. Talking about God's ways, his will, and his word. And it's hard to understand God's will for our life his purpose that he's placed mm-hmm. and his calling that he's placed on our life. It's hard to determine God's will for our life when we're not in his will or when we're not in his word. Right. You know what I mean? I think it was my friend Matt Brown that said, don't say God's silent when your Bible's shut. Right. So I think that Good. so often we leave God out of the equation of purpose. Right. And we leave God out of the equation in our future. And it's like prayer should be our first resort not our last resort it should be our first go-to and not a last ditch effort and I'm just really um, thinking about my personal life mm. and looking at like yeah I've, I've had some some dreams some some maybe vision or some passion or some things that I'm burdened by that have kind of influenced the steps mm-hmm. and I've along the way faced a few rejections mm. I remember one of the most final that felt like a failure it felt like a terminal thing. It felt like the end of the world is I had my whole education and career path planned out for my life at age 18. Mm-hmm. Done, had, I had done two years of PSEO at Normandale Community College, and I had my eyes fixed on Carlson School of Management to study entrepreneurial leadership, and I had the whole rest of my life planned out. I had a <laughs> business plan typed up called MVP Sports, and it was going to be everything better about Grand Slam, everything that they did well, and it was also going to take away all the problems that I saw at the job that I had eight years. It was my own <laughs> business plan, and but God necessarily wasn't on the throne of that situation mm. and circumstance. And so I began to give God first crack at my life, and he began to redirect, and the first step of redirection felt a lot like rejection. Mm. And I got waitlisted at Carlson School of Management didn't get accepted Mm -hmm. and I remember opening that letter it was still when stuff came via USPS before like email was a big thing and I just remember feeling devastated like man I don't know my grab party soon I don't know what my future is gonna hold and then I remember like on a map if you search North Central University where I ended up feeling like God directed Mm -hmm. me to go and you search Carlson School of Management they both pop up downtown Minneapolis they're like less than an inch away Hmm. but Micah has kind of like done some research that in an airplane one degree off Mm -hmm. for every 60 Mm -hmm. miles traveled by flight you'll be another mile off right and so I think that I don't say that to scare you I say that to build faith in your life Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like we determine sometimes our plan but the Lord directs our steps so if you face something that feels like rejection allow God to like put up that bumper that guardrail and and kind of turn you into another path and um well I think just taking into consideration just that one degree off like if we look at Moses even if you've studied Exodus and you've studied 
the process of that like for all those years 40 years in the desert i believe if i'm correct he was less than 15 miles away from his destination the entire time or like a, a portion of that 40 years rounding and rounding around like or, or going all over whatever their footing were the and wild I'm, goose chase well it just makes me mindful of like if you travel 2,000 miles and for every degree off you're going to end up 33.33 miles away from the ultimate destination that you have so that could be you could end up on an amazing island or you could end up shipwrecked on the you know stuck in a raft somewhere and so even for people like moses maybe didn't have the map he needed to rely on the voice of god and just the the presence of of what he felt god was leading and how he was leading even when he didn't have a physical map before him for him and his people so that's just oh came gosh. to my mind <laughs> Micah, that's amazing that's a word and i want to talk to somebody who has a dorm dream like you have a dream that God's placed on your life mm -hmm. as a college student or you're giving him first crack at your life and you're waiting for that moment of a dorm dream, uh, a God-given idea mm -hmm. for a path for your future. And I just want to say, study the story of Joseph. Love that. Study the story Love of that. Joseph. Yep. God gave this young adult a dream. And along the way, he, like, it was like the Odyssey. Like, he ended <laughs> up telling his brothers too soon. He ended up, we can learn so much inspiration yeah. and application, actually, from how Joseph responded. Like, he shared his dream too early, and he was God's favorite. You know, he had that familial blessing of the coat of many colors that was given to him by his dad. He ended up getting thrown into his pit. Thankfully, his older brother spared his life, but sold him into slavery as well. So it's like thanks i guess mm -hmm. uh and then he ended up in potiphar's house but then he ended up in prison he ended up falsely accused he ended yeah. up but the whole time god was with him and i think dreams have a season with them and so don't fear if it doesn't look like how you thought it would because mm. it takes faith it takes trusting right. god along the journey well, yeah, and I think that just to kind of be mindful of the fact that how do you discern your dreams, I think when we think of the word dreams and, and passions, in my mind kind of go together. Like, what are you naturally passionate about? Um, what are your gifts, your talents, your abilities? Like, what are you naturally handy at? And what are you able to craft better than anybody else around you? And hone in on those. I think so many times we focus on what we're not good at or the dreams that God hasn't called us to that we forget what we enjoy doing. So generally, a dream from the Lord should be something that you are passionate about. And when you see Christ at the center of it, that means that it's going to be built on Christ and has the ability to sustain itself, whether that's a business, an organization, a 501c3, um, your education, a family, like whatever that is, if Christ is the center of that decision-making process and the downloader of those dreams, he will reveal to you characteristics about yourself that he's placed within you that you get to start honing in on that craft. You get to start managing whatever that is that he's given you. And I believe that God's dreams should be bigger than us. They should be bigger than you. They should scare you a little. I think when you get in your freshman year and you realize, or maybe you're in your master's program and you're listening, you're like, wow, I have a thesis. Wow, I have a final project. Wow, at the end of some, the, this semester, I have to do what project and have this video made or whatever like you're majoring in or going to school for. And you're overwhelmed by that fact. Well, here's the thing. 
the first day of school versus the last day of that semester, you learn those four months how to do one step at a time what you're going to do to finish that project, right? Yeah. So if you're going to write a hundred page, whatever dissertation that you need to, you know, you need to do the research, you need to do the surveys, you need to do all those different steps. You don't just do all that overnight. And if you do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it that way. But along the way, like you take those baby steps to help build that portfolio or that final project. And I think sometimes when we're like, what's my dream? What's my passion? I need to know by the time I graduate at 22. Listen, there are people that we still talk to who are 75 years old and like, I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up, but I've loved the process and the journey and the adventure that God has had me on. And I feel so fulfilled. So I think when we look at life, as a destination versus an adventure that we get to live. The ultimate destination is to be in the presence of the Lord. But guess what? Even when we get to heaven, that still does not stop there. There is eternity and beyond that we haven't even been exposed to yet in our small human brains that we, we don't know until we get there, right? So I just want to like ease your mind that you don't have to have all the answers. Just take the baby steps of getting in the, the word of the Lord getting into his presence, finding people who know how to get into his presence and team up with those people along the way. Cause a lot of things start in prayer and we see that even through the prayers and the dreams that Joseph had, if we're going to kind of piggyback off of, um, Josiah's statement about the dorm dreams and the things that he's put in your heart. So, yeah. And I, I, as we kind of come to a close of this episode, I want to remind us of Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Another translation says, for we are God's masterpiece. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2 is sometimes called the honeypot of scripture because it reminds us that Mm. as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you follow the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in Mm. mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So we want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and Mm -hmm. Savior of your life. And you do that by praying, God, I know that I've sinned. Thank you for sending your son to save me. Help me to follow him all the days of my life. I confess and forsake my sin and I want a new Mm -hmm. life. I'm a new creation. I'm Mm -hmm. that masterpiece. I'm that handiwork in the hand of an almighty God. He's He's the potter, we're the clay. So let him mold you today. Let him make you. Let him Mm -hmm. shape you. And at the same time, if we can trust God with our salvation, don't you think he's also trustworthy for our vocation? That's good. Don't you think yeah. if we if we can trust God as the Lord and the Savior and the leader of our life, don't you think that if he, if we can trust him with our eternal dwelling place in the good. heavenly realms, don't you think that he's going to have tomorrow covered? Right. Don't you think like Matthew or like G, Matthew records in his gospel that Jesus on the mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount says like don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Look at the sparrows of the right. air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't stow away and yet they're still taken care of mm-hmm. that's good so if i trust god with my salvation i'm going to trust him with my job with my internship with my education with my vocation with my spiritual formation that's good like let's trust god today 
Mm-hmm. And let's, let's trust him that I'm reminded of what a mentor said to me. I was asking him this question. Ooh. I was asking my friend Nick. I was like, Nick, how do I know if this is a God dream and vision or if this is my own? He goes, it's simple. It's simple. It's like this. Did Satan tempt you with this idea to be a blessing to a generation? And I go, no. Like, it's that simple sometimes. <laughs> okay, so if Satan yeah. didn't do it, then it's either my own thought, which then it's at a minimum, it was my thought. And in the process, I do some things that operate maybe outside of the will or the ways or the word of God or the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. But peop- if, it's, if it's done with a good intention, mm-hmm. then some good things get done on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's at a minimum. But at a maximum, mm-hmm. this could be God's calling on my life. This could be his chosen, me operating as his chosen vessel. It could be for his glory. Right. And it could be for the good of others. Right. That's at a maximum. Yeah. So that's what's at stake. It's really simple. Did, is it Satan? Well, Was no, it, he's designed to kill and destroy us. So, so if, it's not, not. <laughs> if it's not destruction, if right. it's not death, steal, kill, destroy, okay, then at minimum, it might be my thought. And I recognize that. Mm-hmm. So I'm keenly aware of my own mm-hmm. selfish desires or shadow mission or vain conceit or selfish motives or then at maximum this could actually be a dorm dream from god this could be for his glory and for the good of others yeah i would just tack on to that that last part like if you are truly feel like god's downloading things to you take those baby steps because there should be one i think there should be peace you will feel a peace in your soul even though you're scared anxious excited there's a sense of peace and calmness in your spirit And the second thing is God will open up doors and opportunities along the way towards that dream. And the moment you stop veering, you start veering off track, I believe, at least my experience has been, God will slowly close those doors or he'll make it very apparent, this is not what I have for you. And whether that's a barricade, whether that's a blockade, whether that's a hurdle to protect me, I need to be mindful of the fact like, okay, God, if not this, then is it that? Because we need to have an open mind, open hands, open spirit to what God has and not be frustrated and blame God for things he didn't do that we wanted done. And I think that is where we need to understand the will, the word, and the ways of God. And if we can understand who Christ is on this, who he was on this earth and who he is today and who God is in the mix of all of it, He's orchestrating our steps. It's just a matter of are we putting our boots on to take that first step to get out onto the battlefield, to understand the mission, to get the assignment, to have the calling, to to be a part of this, um, to walk out in the things that he's mandated you to do, or are we going to sit in the foxhole and be scared? You know, and I think there's different seasons where we'll probably want to do both, and we probably have done both. But the thing is, if we can link arms with the with the God above, like yes. Josiah said, um, and just link arms with the word, will, and ways of God, when he's for us, the Bible says, who can be against us? You may feel the adversity on this earth, but when he is for us, who can be against us? And he will open doors that no man can close, and he will close doors that no man can open. So just keep it in mind that if start praying for opportunities, uh, pray that you have the eyes to see, the heart to feel, and the soul to respond to whatever he's calling you to, and he will help you sift those things out. Don't just pray one prayer and expect something to happen overnight. Fervently pray and petition, give it to God, hand over the reins, get out of the driver's seat, get into the passenger seat, 
put your helmet on, buckle up, and get ready for an adventure. If you ask God to take you on a wild adventure, he will take you where you never thought you would go in the best way possible. Amen. And you might be saying today, well, hey, I... I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior mm-hmm. in my life. Like, I want to trust him with my salvation, with my vocation, with education, with every step, with everything. And you can do that in your own heart, in your own mind, and not just invite him into your heart, but invite him into the leadership role of your life. And mm-hmm. if, if that's the decision that you made, your next step can be going to www.fyi-podcast.com and click on the I Decided to Follow Jesus button. And as you do that, we want to help you find a Bible. We want to also help you, like maybe you feel isolated, lonely, depressed, discouraged, anxious about the future. And as you look at the faithfulness of God today, recognize this, that if you're looking for a Mm -hmm. campus ministry to be a part of, like Chi Alpha, there's a group finder on our website. There's also ways that you can get connected mm-hmm. to a local church with small groups mm-hmm. and to help you grow and take those next steps in your faith. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're going to be diving in to furthermore talking about career, calling, vocation, money, and finances in this series as we are in March of 2022. Until next time, this is Josiah Micah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk soon.